Masach's Taras Perik Dalim Mishnah Yud Gimel until Perik Hey Mishnah Gimel. We are up to the twelfth and final example of a doubtful case that is ruled leniently. Most of the examples of the Mishnah talked about were examples of doubts of impurity, but the last couple of examples are in relation to other laws of the Torah as well. And in general, the rule is that Sveikah Da'iraisa Lechumrah. A doubt with regards to a Torah law is ruled stringently, and Sveikah Drabon Lakula, a doubt with regards to a rabbinic law, is ruled leniently. Nevertheless, the Mishnah says that Sveikah Karbonois, a doubt with regards to sacrifices in a particular case that the Mishnah will describe, we rule leniently, and the person concerned will not be obligated to bring the Karbon, even though this is a question which concerns a Torah law. A woman who gives birth is obligated to bring a korban, a sacrifice. In fact, even if she had a miscarriage, she would also be obligated as long as the fetus had developed enough to be considered a significant fetus at all. The Mishnah talks about a woman who had five different cases of doubts as to whether she gave birth or really miscarried to a fetus that had developed enough or not. She miscarried in the middle of her pregnancy, and in the five cases that it occurred, there is a doubt as to whether the fetus had developed enough or not. So she had a doubt whether she was liable to five different sacrifices or not. As well as that, was fake homish zivais, she also had five doubts of whether she was a zova. A zova is a woman who bleeds during the 11 days of her period that she does not generally bleed. If this happens three days in a row, then she becomes a zova and she would need to bring carbonis once she is purified. And if she is in a state of a doubt as to whether this occurred or not, for example, she's unsure where exactly she is holding in her count of days, So once again, this happened five times, and she has these five possible obligations hanging on her head. Now, the law with regards to these women is that until they bring their sacrifices, they are are forbidden to eat any meat of carbonice. Even if they go through the entire purification process and they go to the mikveh, until they bring their sacrifices... They are not considered to be fully purified, and they are forbidden to eat the meat of carbonis or to enter into the Beis dosh. Now, one of the carbonis that the woman needs to bring is a carbon chatos, and this is a type of carbon that in general cannot be bought out of doubt. Only if one knows that he is obligated is one able to bring such a carbon. And in this case, the woman is essentially stuck, and she'll never be able to eat carbonis or to enter into the Beisamik Dosh, because she's not able to bring this carbon. On the other hand, it could be that she is obligated to do so, and therefore until she does so, she can't eat carbonates or enter into the Beisamik Dosh. So the mission says that we are lenient, and we allow her to bring one set of carbonates. Mavia carbon echot, she should bring one set of carbonates, and then Vaycheles Vazvachim, she will be permitted to eat the meat of carbonates and to enter into the Beisamik Dosh. The and the rest of the possible sets of carbonus that she is obligated to bring are not an obligation on her. And the reason why she is at this point already allowed to enter into the base Hamikdosh and eat the meat of carbonus, even though it could be that she's still obligated to bring the other carbonus, there's a doubt, is because of an interesting logic and comparison to a mikveh. If somebody became impure from multiple different sources of impurity, he obviously does not need to immerse himself in a mikveh more than once. 
That purifies him totally. A similar idea is over here that since the purification of the woman is essentially completed via the bringing of these carbonis, so even one set fully purifies her and allows her to eat carbonis, even if really she should have needed to bring more than one set. This chapter continues to talk about different cases of doubt and whether we rule leniently or stringently in each case. And over the following couple of Mishnayas, we're going to see a distinction between two different types of cases of doubt. There are certain cases where there is a definite reason to be stringent in front of us. So in our case of Tumar, that would mean that there is definitely a Tommy item in front of us just that we are unsure whether that has an effect or not. There are other cases where we're not even sure that the reason for being stringent, that the source of impurity even exists. It could be we have a doubt whether the item in front of us is even Tommy or not. And there's more reason to be stringent in the first case, whereas there is definitely a Tommy item. Says the Mishnah, If there is a Sheretz, which is one of the eight small animals, like a weasel or a hedgehog and the other animals that the Torah explicitly mentions as being a severe source of impurity when these animals are dead, more severe than a regular dead animal. For example, even by just carrying a sheretz, a person will become Tomei. But yet, as it may, one of the eight shrotsim that the Torah lists is a tsov, which we're going to understand is a toad. A toad is very similar to a frog, and the mission discusses a case where there is a sheretz, most likely, the Mishnah is talking about a tzov, and there is a frog next to it, Brishos Arabim, in a public area. Now, a frog itself is not one of the eight shirotzim. And not only that, but the frog doesn't even have the status of a novella, which is a dead animal that's a source of impurity, just which is slightly less severe than a sheretz, because that only applies to larger, proper animals. They have the status of a novella that makes them tome when they are dead. But small animals like frogs, reptiles, they are not a source of impurity, except for these eight small animals that the Torah lists as being a source of impurity. So essentially we have two animals in front of us, one of them is a source of impurity, and the frog is not, and it's in a public domain, a public area where there are at least three people, and in general that means that in a case of a doubt we're going to be lenient. Likewise, if there is a the size of an olive of a dead body, and that is a source of impurity, even if someone is just directly above the piece of the dead body without touching it or moving it, they will become tome. And there is a piece of a dead animal that's the size of an olive. Here we're talking about a novella, like a dead larger animal, a dead cow, a dead sheep. And it's the size of an olive, so it is a source of impurity. However, it's only a source of impurity for somebody who touches or moves it. If somebody is directly above it, then they will not become Tome. It's less severe of an impurity than the piece of the dead body. The etzaminamesa or a third case, if there is a bone of a dead body and a bone of a novella, a dead animal, although a novella is a source of impurity, that's the flesh of a novella, but a bone of a novella is not a source of impurity. Fourth case, the gushmerits the hoyo pras. If there is a piece of earth that comes from a pure land, that means Eretz Yisrael, because Midrabonon, any earth that comes from outside of Eretz Yisrael is Tomei. But there's a piece of earth that comes from Eretz Yisrael, and there is a second piece of earth that comes from a Beis Paras, which is a field in which there was a grave, and the field was ploughed, and there is a concern that the pieces of the body that was buried there were scattered across the field, and because of that, Midrabonon, 
even though it's a case of a doubt, we consider it as if it is definitely Tomei, Midra Bonon. So once again, this is a case where we have two pieces of earth in front of us. One of them is Tomei, one of them is Tohar, Gushmeret, Tohar of Gushmeret, so Amim. Or if there was a piece of earth from Eretz Yisrael and a piece of earth from outside of Eretz Yisrael, again, a similar case, Shnei Shvilin. Or if there were two paths and Echot Tomei Echot Tohar, one of the paths was definitely Tomei. There was a dead body buried across the width of that path, so it was practically impossible to go on that path without becoming Tomei. And the other path does not have a dead body there. In all of these cases, Hilich Bechamehem, if he walked on one of those paths, this is referring to the final case, and it is not known, he is unsure which path he went on. Or if he was directly above one of the pieces, this is talking about the case where there was a piece of a dead body and a piece of a novella. So by being directly above it, he would only become Tommy if he was directly above the piece of the dead body, the dead human body. However, the in your dual is Menherhil. He doesn't know which piece he was directly above. Hasid al Mehen, or if he moved one of the pieces, this is now talking about the other cases that were listed in the Mishnah that are sources of impurity if one moves them. So if he moved one of the pieces, the Enyodu is Menhasid, and he is unsure which of them he moved, the Tommy one or the Tahar one, in all of these cases, Rubiakiva, interestingly, Matame. Rabbi Akiva says that out of doubt we consider the person to be Tomei, whereas the Chachom say that he is pure. The reason for the Chachomim is pretty simple, because this is a doubt that occurs in a public area, and therefore it is ruled leniently. And the truth is, Rabbi Akiva agrees. If this person were to go and touch a piece of food, so we now have a doubt whether that food is Tomei or not, Rabbi Akiva agrees that we would consider the food to be pure out of doubt, because this comes as a result of a doubt that occurred in a public area. However, Yakiva rules that Midrabonon, we require that the person purifies himself, because ultimately, if later on we find out definitely whether he was Tomei or not, so then anything that he touched is considered to be Tomei. We're only lenient for as long as it's a doubt for us, but as soon as we'll find out in the future, perhaps, that he did become Tomei, then we'll have to consider anything that he touched in the meantime Tomei. And in order to avoid such a situation, Rabbi Akiva understands that Midrabonon, he is obligated to purify himself so that we don't end up with a situation where he has made lots of other items Tomei. The Chachomim disagree because as long as it's a doubt, we do not need to be concerned about what will be found out in the future. Mishnah base. If a person says, I touched a particular item, and I don't know if that item was Tomei or if that item was pure. Over here, that means there's only one item in front of us, and we're not sure whether it is a Tomei item, for example, a Sheretz, a toad, that's an example of a Sheretz, or if it's a frog, in which case it's not a source of impurity. This kind of doubt, as we mentioned earlier on, is considered to be less severe than the cases in the previous Mishnah, because over here, we're unsure whether at all there is a source of impurity in front of us. In the previous Mishnah, we're unsure whether he went on the Tommy path or he touched the Tommy item. Over here, we're unsure if there's even a Tommy item in front of us at all. So it's considered to be in the world of doubts and the rules and what to do in cases of doubt. This is considered to be a less severe type of doubt. Or the Mishnah says, cases like in the previous Mishnah, Nogati, Nogati, if there were two items there and he says that he touched one of them, but I don't know which of the two I touched. 
That would be like in the previous Mishnah. The Mishnah says, even in these, in both of the cases, Rabbi Akiva, Matami, Rabbi Akiva says that out of doubt, the person is Tomei, Midrabonah needs to purify himself, and the Chachamim rule him to be pure. Now, the fact that the Mishnah is talking about touching specifically implies that we're talking only about the first example of the previous Mishnah, where there is a Sheretz, uh, for example, a toad, and a frog, because in all of the other examples, the doubt only exists either if he was directly above it, or if he moved the item, or if he walked on the path. So this Mishnah that's talking about touching is talking specifically about the case of the frog and the toad. And the truth is, there is a fundamental difference between this doubtful Tumar and all of the other cases, because in all of the other cases, the item or the path that is Tomei would make the person Tomei from a dead body, which is the most severe type of impurity. And in order to be purified from that impurity, there is a seven-day purification process. It needs to be sprinkled with the ashes of the Paraduma, mixed with water, and there is much more of an effort required to be purified from that impurity. This is unlike the case of our Mishnah, where there is a doubt whether he became Tomei from a Sheretz or not. In order to be purified from that impurity... All the person needs to do is go to the mikveh and wait until the night time. Because of this, in the all of the other cases of doubt, even in the less severe type of doubt, where there is only one of the items in front of us, and we're unsure whether it's Tomei or whether it's Tahar. For example, there's a piece of earth which the person touched, and we're unsure whether it comes from inside of Eretz Yisrael or outside. As we explained earlier on, this is a less severe type of doubt, because it could be that there's no source of impurity at all in front of us. In those cases, Rabbi Akiva would agree that we are lenient and we say that you do not need to go, you don't need to purify yourself. We're in a public area, doubtful cases are ruled leniently like the Chachomim. Just what did we learn in the previous Mishnah? That the Chachomim was strict in order to avoid future vast spreading of impurity. Says Rabbi Akiva, in a case where we're not even sure whether there's a piece of impurity in front of us at all anyway, so it's a less of a severe type of doubt, in those cases Rabbi Akiva agrees that we do not require that he purify himself, because it requires such a lot of effort. Only in a case where it's easy to be purified, just by going to the mikveh, which is the case that this mission is talking about, only then is Rabbi Akiva stringent even in the, in the less severe case of doubt. So to summarize, according to the Chachomim, in all cases of doubt in the public domain that were discussed over the past couple of Mishnayas, we are lenient and we say that the person is Tahar. According to Rabbi Akiva, there is a rabbinic stringency that he does need to be purified. However, it depends if it is a impurity that requires a long purification process, then only in the higher, more severe type of doubt, where there is definitely a Tommy item in front of us, we're just not sure whether he touched it or not, then Rabbi Akiva is stringent and he says that the person needs to be purified. And if it's an impurity that is easy to be purified from, then even in the less severe type of doubt, Rabbi Akiva rules that the person does need to be purified. The mission now brings a third opinion, Rabbi Yossi Mitami Bechulon. Rabbi Yossi says that in all of the cases, the person is considered to be Tomei, meaning we are stringent and we say that he needs to go to the mikveh. This is like Rabbi Akiva's opinion. However, Umatari Bashvil. In the doubtful case of the two paths, Rubiasi says that he is considered pure, and we are not strict upon him, because people need to go and walk on paths. This is almost unavoidable, and therefore there is no reason to be strict upon him. In the same way as Rabbi Akiva agrees that if we're talking about food that cannot be purified... So we are indeed lenient, because the doubt is based on something that happened in a public area. It's only with regards to the person that can purify himself that Rabbi Akiva is strict. 
So in a similar vein, in this unavoidable example where he needs to walk on paths, it's the general way of people to walk in different areas. And it's almost unavoidable, and therefore we are lenient. This is unlike the other cases where it's not their way of touching, meaning it's considered to be avoidable. There's no need, for example, to touch those pieces of earth, and in those cases, Rabbi Yossi is, is strict. Mishnah Gimel. This Mishnah and Mishnah Hay are pretty famous in the world of doubtful cases in Halacha and the rules of Chazaka, maintaining the status that an item has had until now. If there are two paths, one of those paths is definitely Tome. There's a dead body buried there, for example, and one of the paths is pure. And somebody walked on one of those paths. And although in the previous couple of Mishnahs we saw an argument between Rabbi Akiva, the Chachomim, Rabbi Yossi, everybody agrees that concerning the food that the person touched afterwards, since there's no way of purifying that food, so the regular rules would apply that if the doubt occurred in a public area, then we are lenient. So what this person did after he became possibly Tomei is the Osatahorois, he prepared, he was involved, he touched pure items, of truma we're talking about, v'ne'echalu, and those, that, that truma was then eaten. After that, hizah, he sprinkled himself with the ashes of the para aduma, v'shona, and he repeated that same process. He has to do it twice, on the third day and the seventh day since becoming Tomei. And then v'toval, he went to the mikvah on the seventh day, v'tohar, and he became pure at the end of the seventh day. After that, the v'hilech basheni, he walked on the second path, and once again, Vasatahorai seen was involved in touching Truma, which is pure. Rules the Mishnah, the Truma that he just touched, Hara'ilu Tahorais, is considered to be pure. Essentially, there is a equal doubt over here whether the Truma became Tome or not. If the path, the second path that he walked on was the Tome one, so then the Truma would be Tome. But since the doubt occurred in a public area, we are lenient. Now, the implication of the Mishnah is that this is true only because the first pieces of truma that he touched after walking on the first path have already been eaten. But if that truma still exists, so now we have two pieces of truma, one of them he touched after walking on the first path, and the other one he touched after walking on the second path. It's impossible for both of these items to be pure. One of them is definitely Tomei. Despite that, according to the strict letter of the law of the Torah, we consider both of the items to be pure even though that's impossible. But the reason why you consider both of them to be pure is because of the rule of Chazaka. Chazaka says that if you have a doubt with regards to the status of a particular item, then until you know that the status definitely changed, you presume that it has not changed. So since we are unsure whether these pure items of Truma became Tomei or not, out of doubt, we presume that they are still pure. Even if that results in a contradiction, because each piece by itself... Now, that all having been said, the truth is, Midrabonon, however, if both of the pieces still exist, Midrabonon, we are stringent and we say that, out of doubt, they cannot be eaten. Because people do look at this as one case of doubt. So the Mishnah says explicitly in Kaunas if the original trimmer that he touched is still in existence, then both of them need to be suspended, they cannot be eaten, and at the same time they can't be burned. Truma that is definitely Tomei needs to be burnt, but over here that it's Tomei only out of doubt and only as a rabbinic stringency, so the Truma cannot be burnt, it has to be left there. 
continues the Mishnah, what happens in Leitarim in time if the person didn't become pure in the meantime after he walked on the first path and touched the first lot of Truma? Rather, he direct, he straight away went on to the other path and touched other Truma. The first pieces that he touched after walking only on the first path are suspended. Like in the previous case, we're unsure whether they became Tome, and both of the pieces still exist. However, the second pieces that he touched, they need to be burnt, because he touched those after walking on both of the paths. So he definitely became Tome after walking on both of the paths, because one of them is definitely Tome, which means that the second pieces of Truma that he touched afterwards... Those definitely became Tomei and therefore they need to be burnt.